Hello, everybody, and welcome, or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am your host for this week, Brad. It's me. Hi, I'm Brad. I'm flying. I'm, I can speak. Man, starting this episode off correctly. I'm flying solo this week because we had something absolutely fantastic hit the movie screens this week in the vein of Sword Art Online, more specifically Sword Art Online Progressive with Aria of the Starless Night, which is the retelling of SAO from the original Einkrad arc, but actually going floor by floor instead of, you know, skipping from floor 1 to floor 24, and then 50, then 51, then, you know, 74, 75, all that fun stuff. It's an arc that is absolutely fantastic and a lot of people loved, and then after that they kind of lost their way until the Alicization arc. But... Getting back into the story and seeing things being retold and actually told and thought out properly is a very refreshing feeling, especially having read the light novel and the manga and going into this with all the knowledge that I have. It was absolutely wonderful, if I'm being completely honest. The story this time, however, was told from Asuna's perspective. So the first half of the film, if you've read the light novel and the manga is completely fresh considering you get to see Asuna's life leading up to the launch of the game and all of that fun stuff so it's absolutely or it's just a very refreshing tale being able to see SAO told from that perspective as someone who has watched through SAO multiple times watched SAO abridged have collected and read all of the manga and I'm getting started on collecting the light novel it's really interesting and very refreshing to see this tale be told from this perspective. However, before we take a deep dive into the topic of discussion for today, I do have one piece of news to get into before I get into this. So, the date that this episode is dropping, December 5th, the first episode of the new Demon Slayer arc is being released. It's a one-hour episode, so technically you're getting about three episodes worth of content in a one-hour special. So, I highly recommend checking that out this week for those of you that are unaware that it was actually starting this week. If you've seen Mugen Train, you're more than welcome to watch this to continue the story. If you have not seen Mugen Train... Mugen Train is available on Crunchyroll and Funimation, and also the entire Mugen Train arc told from the show perspective is available, including the first episode of Season 2, which is Rengoku's journey to Mugen Train before it happens. So I highly recommend checking that out before diving into this episode, because this is a direct continuation, and diving into the Entertainment District arc. Now, to get into our topic for this week... Just a little bit of background on SAO Progressive. You have A1 Pictures being the studio that produced it. A1 Pictures has actually been a massive part of a lot of the anime that we've covered here on this podcast. With things like Big Windup, Big Windup Season 2, something that's near and dear to my heart with Sword Art Online, and other fantastic things like Seven Deadly Sins, Erased, pretty much A1 Pictures is one of those studios that can be trusted to do fantastic work with massive animation projects. The director for the film is Ayako Kono, and the story of 
SAO Progressive was written by Ricky Kawahara, who has done the entire Sword Art franchise. The film was originally released in Japan on October 30th of 2021 and released here in the States on December 3rd. Now, for those of you who are contemplating whether you should go see it or you think because you haven't gotten caught up on the rest of SAO, it might not be worth your time or you might not understand. If you've seen anything of SAO, if you made it through the Ironcrad arc, then this film is 100% for you. If you're curious about SAO and have never given it a try, I highly recommend it. And for those who think SAO has a bad stigma, because for some reason SAO has a really bad stigma in the anime community, don't pay any attention to that. This film was absolutely wonderful. I can highly recommend this to anyone and everyone. They did a fantastic job with it, and I cannot wait to get into the continuation of Progressive even after this film. So the second film of Progressive will open in 2022, so they're already taking this and ready to continue on with it. And even the very ending of the film kind of left it on a cliffhanger, but we will we'll get into that. So without further ado, time to put your spoiler checking hats on. Got them on, do you? But do you really? Because this is your last time to click off before we actually get into the story. So put them on. You got them on? Sweet. Let's get into it. Link start. So the film opens taking place during the beta test of Sword Art Online. You see Kirito and who will later be revealed as Asuna's friend Mito running through it. And then you get to see a new floor open as the end of the beta test counter goes off. And we open to seeing Asuna in school. So you get to see a little bit of Asuna's home life and school life during the opening of the film. You see that she is second in her class. She's incredibly intelligent. You see that she's very popular among the rest of the students. And then you see her friend Mito, who sits in the stereotypical like anime protagonist spot in class, like very back corner next to the window, staring lawfully out the window at the rays of sunshine and the trees. So you see that although Mito is actually top of the class, she doesn't actually care about school. She cares about video games and playing them. And she is the one that actually got Asuna into video games. They play fighting games together. Asuna ran into her outside of a arcade convention where Mito is actually inside, absolutely kicking ass at a Tekken tournament. Also, good use of Tekken in this fantastic job. And you just see them bond over video games and Mito tells Asuna, like, hey, we're going to be, or I'm going to be getting into this new SAO game with the Nerve Gear coming out. You should give it a try, especially considering your dad is the owner of the company that helped produce the Nerve Gear, or <laughs> help produce the Nerve Gear. And Asuna's like, hmm, I don't know. I'll think about it. And then this is where we get to see a little bit more of Asuna's home life. We get reintroduced to her dad. We get to meet her brother, who seems really cool, and he's going off on a business trip overseas. And then we get introduced to, or I guess as far as the series is concerned, we get introduced to the asshole that is Asuna's mother. Now, for those that have not seen season two of SAO, then you'll have no clue what I'm talking about. But Asuna's mother is very strict and is just a real pain in the ass to her daughter. Very rude, very blunt, just not not good for your kids who are in kind of that stage of 
development. Not not good. And you can kind of see the strain that that puts on Asuna's relationship with her mother and how she just doesn't let Asuna do anything but study. Like, she doesn't want Asuna playing games, like, going out with her friends, doing anything. So, yeah, not not good. Not good at all. Not fun. So, the day of SAO's launch comes about. Asuna's brother is officially off on his business trip overseas. So, Asuna sits down in the chair in her brother's room, bringing him mail. And she's like, you know what? Why not? I'll try it. I'll open it up and just give it a try. Why not? Nobody's home. Nobody's going to care. So, she sits down in the chair, puts the nerve gear on, gets into the game. Asuna has never played a MMO before. Never played any sort of, like quote-unquote console game, never had a set of username or anything like that, so she sets her username as her own name, because, sure, makes her avatar look exactly like herself, then gets into the game and starts loudly shouting her friend Mito's IRL name throughout the streets of 10,000 people, being like, oh hey, where you at? I'm looking for you, casually chatting up to an NPC, because Asuna obviously can't distinguish the difference between players and NPCs. And everybody's just like, the hell's wrong with her? Why is she talking to an NPC so casually? What, why? What is going on? And then as she is shouting the name of her friend, her friend comes sprinting out of nowhere and is like, hey, no, don't use my real name. Come on, let's go. So they go walk around town, all that fun stuff. It's 5.30. Austin is like, okay, I got to get off. I got to go study, get ready for dinner, all that fun stuff, blah, blah, blah. And that is whenever they notice that the logout button is missing. And right at that time, as is per usual, they get teleported to the town square, and this is where Kayaba Akihiko, the creator of Sword Art Online, appears before them as blood raining through the sky, turning himself into a cloaked figure. Be like, oh hey, I've locked you guys in here, sorry, and if you die in the game, you die for real. Also, if anybody tries to remove the nerve gear from your head, it's also going to fry your brain and kill you. And if you don't believe me, here's all the news stories of 200 people that have already died from such a way. Everybody freaks out, and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I've left something in your inventory, and it's a mirror that turns every single person into their actual self. Like, they still have their in-game clothes on and all that fun stuff, but it's, they get turned into, like, their IRL selves, like, same face, same body, same whole nine yards. Everybody freaks out. Mito grabs Asuna and they sprint out of city because Mito's like, all right, look, we got to teach you to survive. We also got to be able to go because MMOs are resource grabs and you need to go off on your own and level up as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you are going to be left behind. So they go and Mito's teaching Asuna how to use her sword skills. Asuna almost dies to a wolf, but Mito saves her. And Asuna finally starts to get the grasp of things, kind of, sort of. She learns her sword skills, kind of figures out her rapier a little bit, and we just get to see them adventuring and hanging out. They braid each other's hair, they sleep at the end together, all that fun stuff. And then finally, they go to a hillside with these, like, weeping bell plant monster things, and they go through, and as they are fighting these, Mito's like, oh hey, there's a legendary item thing over there that I'm gonna go kill. I'm gonna go get it. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, these plants that you're fighting, if you see one with a fruit on its head, don't kill it. Because if you do, the fruit is going to burst into a cloud of smoke and you're going to be absolutely surrounded by enemies and they will kill you. So Austin is like, oh, okay. So Mito goes off to get herself the rare item because she's a beta tester. So she knows what 
things will drop her said rare items. And as Mito's off doing that, Austin is fighting these things, taking them down kind of easily. You know, she's taking a little bit of damage here or there, but nothing too, nothing too crazy until Austin goes and tries to use a sword skill on one of these plants. But directly behind that plant is one with a fruit. And as Mito shouts out, Asuna doesn't hear it. Her sword skill activates and just gets yeeted straight forward into the plant monster and then by proxy directly into the one behind it that has the fruit on its head, killing it and exploding powder everywhere. So with powder going everywhere, a metric ton of these plant monsters spawn. And as Austin is trying to deal with those, Mito secures her rare item, steps on the edge of a cliff, which is actually a danger zone. She collapses, falls through a bunch of coffins and footholds on the way down, and is completely separated from Asuna. Well, since the two are partied up, Mito can keep an eye on Asuna's health bar, and as Asuna continues to fight those things off, she gets her health dwindled down to just barely a sliver, and Mito's like, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't get to you. I'm out of here. Okay, bye. Runs away, dissolves the party and essentially just leaves Asuna there to die. So Asuna finally manages to take care of what's left of the plant monsters, but gets attacked by a kind of like giant dinosaur wolf type thing. And as it is getting ready to chomp her and take away the rest of her life, Kirito shows up out of nowhere, takes the thing down, and we have a very like sweet and kind of awkward moment. Like you get to see how socially awkward Kirito is because he's a solo player and very introverted, but it gives Asuna his map data of the surrounding area, gives her a health potion to where she can get back into town. And it's, very sweet little interaction. You know, they kind of talk a little bit on or off, but Asuna is just distraught over what had happened with Mito. Like, she doesn't understand why her friend would abandon her. She's just sad, broken, and eventually it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm not going to let this world change me. Like, I would never abandon my friend like she did. So if a monster kills me, that's fine, but I'm not going to let the game win. I'm not going to let the game change me. So she goes into the dungeon of the first floor and is in there for literal days, fighting, getting stronger, trying to do better for herself until she ends up breaking her sword on the last monster that she fights. Kirito shows up right around that time and it's like, hey, look, you're tired, you can't be here, you need to conserve your strength, and you need to get your swords look after. Like, you have to go to the forge and build those up, otherwise you're just going to sit there and keep breaking them. And also, Austin is like, no, it's fine, I'm going to keep going, I've got to get stronger, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she collapses. So Kirito drags her outside and just lets her sleep. And it was that interaction in the dungeon, actually, which is where it kind of picks up in the light novel and manga. Like, it's right at that point where Kirito and Asuna first meet. And then they go to the strategy meeting together, which is what you've seen in the actual SAO show itself. They go, you get introduced to Kibao and Aegil. They form up, they form parties, Kirito and Asuna, as the two loners left out decide to form a party together they hang out outside of the thing so kirito takes asana to where he's been staying and lets her take her first bath inside of sao since she first got there then outside of that he teaches her how to make butter for the bread that they've been eating and you know they just have a nice little wholesome moment next day they go to the boss raid once in the boss raid everything is pretty much a carbon copy of what happens in the show other than let me just say Ilfang in this is like he is in the progressive manga and he is a beefy boy ripped jacked all that fun stuff nothing like he was in the actual 
show. Like, he looks so much more terrifying in this. And let me just say, if you've seen the original arc of SAO and don't know how you feel about this because you think it's going to be completely similar, let me tell you, it keeps the same animation style that it got from Ordinal Scale and Alicization on. It is so fucking pretty, man. So pretty. Highly recommend. Soundtrack to the film is also fantastic, by the way. And the fight with Ilfang goes very similarly to how you'd expect. Asuna gets reunited with Mito and... Blue-haired dude whose name I can't remember still ends up getting killed, but Asuna, Kirito, and Mito team up together and take down Ilfang with Kirito still getting the last hit, so he still gets his black coat. And that is whenever they accuse Kirito of being a beater, and Kirito is like, huh, beater? Yeah, sure, that name works, because I'm not just a beta tester, I'm not just a cheater. He's like, I'm... Yeah, a beater works. Just trying to take the blame and get everybody's negative emotions out and kind of placing it on himself. So he saves Asuna and Mito from, you know, being lumped in with him and he tries to solo himself off. So Kirito goes to leave. Asuna follows suit behind him. They walk out and then they go to explore the second floor together. And it very much cuts off at the very end where you get to meet Argo, the informant who is never actually shown in the original SAO stuff. So new character, and it's going to be exciting to see where it goes from here. People are going to be introduced to new characters that they haven't met before, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun time. So as far as rating this goes, I'm going to have to give it, you know, I've sat down and thought about this a lot since the film, and the film very much kind of changed my perception on a lot of things, especially with as far as Mito was concerned. Since she wasn't in the original show, I figured they were going to kill her off in the boss battle with Ilfang, but they did not. Like, I was very surprised. Like, typically, you're, you know, just left to assume that somebody's going to get killed somewhere along the lines, but no, no, she got to live, and so it kind of threw me for an entire loop. Like, I didn't know how to feel outside of that, because it wasn't what I expected. But with SAO holding such a near and dear place to my heart, and not just including the nostalgia factor, but because of how fresh this felt and getting to see it through Asuna's eyes instead of through Kirito's, Kirito being like a OP loner, I'm I'm torn. I don't know if I want to give it a 9.5 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, because I feel like giving it a 10 out of 10, everybody's just going to kind of roll their eyes at me. But as far as SAO is concerned, like, the film is perfect. Like, soundtrack, phenomenal. Animation, phenomenal. Getting to see the characters for actually who they are instead of what little bit we actually got to know them in the show. Like, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. Like, I don't know what I would change about it. Like, I left extremely happy... Like, I don't, I don't know. I'll give it a 9.5 just to, you know, keep people from coming after me in the comments. But overall, it was, it was a fantastic film. Like, I really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, I highly recommend going to see it. As long as you're okay with going out into the world and going to the movies. It's a wonderful time. Go see it if you can and feel safe enough to. I highly recommend it. And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. If you want to find Blue, she's on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. You can find me on Twitch and Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming. We have a website, www.bnbanime.com, where you can check out all of our background info, friends of the podcast, our IMD or I can speak, our IMDB pages for all of our voice acting work. We also have our artwork on there as well. 
a complete archive of every one of our episodes, links to everywhere where you can find our episodes. We also have a YouTube channel that has absolutely wonderful thumbnails. It's probably one of my favorite parts about this podcast is the thumbnails that are made up for our YouTube videos. You can find all of our episodes on there. However, it is a week behind because we did change to a new video format that is so fucking pretty, but it takes time to make. So you can find our episodes on there as well if you want a nice visual way to see our episodes. And yeah, just again, thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. I'm not 100% certain what is going to be uh, next week. We haven't quite figured that out yet. We still need to sit down and kind of figure out how we're going to do our winter schedule and plan out how we're going to do our anime awards and like our best and worst of the year so but we definitely have something coming next week i'm just not 100 percent certain what but again thank you all so much for listening and i'll catch y'all next time Bye bye